What's going on, buddies? We are back. Well, not we, just I, Spuddy McGee here, representing Buds and Sports. Um, a lot of things pop up during the week, scheduling, things like that. So um, this week, I'm going to provide you guys with a NBA roundup. Um, I know we missed a week, just a lot of transition going on in each of our lives right now. So um, not to hang y'all too much on the NBA reviews. I'm going to lay it down for, well, we'll cover the last three weeks, basically, since the last time we talked to you since Christmas. But yeah, I mean, might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but um talk about the positives a little bit here and there so some real movement going on in the nba though that we like to see so starting off this nba review we'll go with the east easter conference right now um um you got to be impressed um with the chicago bulls um well first and foremost um COVID, within probably the last few months, COVID really went rampant in the NBA where um, a lot of players were just getting hit with um, health um, health and safety protocols and people missing multiple games and have to, ha- the element of adding players for 10 days came into effect. And you really saw some players... Um, it's not that they were retired, but you haven't heard from a while. Um, Lance Stevenson was one name that was bouncing around the league. I think just two teams for a while, but I think Indiana's keeping them, which is good because he's actually been a well needed spark towards um, at least to the Pacers and just having that fun element. Um, I know it really wasn't because of, protocols but DeMarcus Cousins with the Bucks was a very interesting um plug in when he played he did have an effect for the Bucks recently got released but I guess see in the future him getting brought back in for the Bucks as well but maybe another team picks him up who knows but um you start seeing a little bit of the, like these veteran presence that had some numbers on the league come in and play for a bit a few games and um, who knows? Maybe they stay longer. Like, um, I know Joe Johnson, I think he got signed with the Celtics for a few days too, when they got hit with COVID. So yeah, a lot of interesting things. Um, interesting things to watch, but at the same time, the high caliber games just felt a little dry because, um, you know, just a lot of players are, were missing they weren't getting a full squad um analysis of everything that was going on so that's why it was a little bit rough to watch the nba um as of lately but it's all right i mean these are the challenges teams have to adapt to especially with uh covid times but um starting off at the east we'll go off the, the first four seeds we've got the bulls back on top again 27 wins, 12 losses. Miami still hanging on there despite some injuries. 
despite some injuries from the Heat, they are still in the hunt for like top seed. Twenty six wins, fifteen losses. Good on them, mate. Good on them. Third, we got Brooklyn at twenty six and fifteen. Um, go gonna go a little bit on Kyrie just joining the squad as well, and at the four seed we got the Bucks with twenty seven wins and seventeen losses. So I, I every every week we talk about how um Bulls are just surprising be, just because they're able to hang on to the one seed right now. Eventually we would think they would fall flat, yada yada yada, but they're still they're still dominating. They're still having these um shootouts with um top teams. They can still ride with the best, you know? Yeah, they have some misses here and there, but for for a team that I know everyone going into the season was expecting like a a, a high seed like a 7-8 to even just a play-in tournament, and they are the number one. Um, it, it's it's showing really how um, um, the small ball lineup works. And the question is, is this the future of the NBA? I mean, we've already had it with the Warriors, but at the same time, though. There, there's, there's a definite difference with the Warriors compared to this Bulls team, though. Um, I, I, because I feel like they're a lot smaller than this Warriors, than the Warriors team that won championships in the past. Um, that's just my opinion, but I mean, you essentially have basically at least three guards in the starting lineup sometimes four because even um sometimes i consider jones i mean he just recently went out with um out for two to four weeks but sometimes you could consider jones as a as a shooting guard a flex play because DeRozan's a flex play when it comes to guard and he's a swing swing man um going from guard to small forward things like that but he's been playing the like the four lately so um I don't know. It's just it's just a very interesting thing when it comes to the Bulls and their dynamic. They just play ball, really. And it, it it's good that they do have um a big man presence still still there. Um Volvacek, I can never pronounce his name, but it's good that they still have that option, but essentially as a team, they are more of the smaller the, on the smaller side. So it's very impressive. It's very impressive to see that from the Bulls and consistently staying on top of the division. And you know, when they get beat, they're not getting like destroyed or anything like that. There, just a game beat, like ah, just a bad game. And they're top three um, best records in the NBA right now. So kudos to them, but also kudos to the Miami Heat as well. I mean, if you haven't gave props to Sposa yet, you need to really give him his props now because it's he's showing what a great coach he is and just him sticking around because 
Um, appreciate the 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 rise in the ranks of Spolsa. Um, he was like a a video scout when he first came in, and then he became the head coach when the big three was formed. And a lot of people were thinking that the, that Spolsa was just going to be like a pawn type of coach, where you know the the base of the big threes were really running things and. Sposa was just a face. But after the big three dispersed, uh, Sposa stuck around. His teams weren't garbage or anything like that. They were just like, meh. But then once they were able to get some players again, hence the last few years, he's been really um, able to coach a a team that is very physical and um, a different dynamic than the rest of the NBA. They play. They play. They play with a little bit more um, intensity than others, and that's mainly because of Jimmy Butler. But I think now, because at first the last two years with, when Jimmy Butler was on the team, you needed Jimmy Butler because his, his aura was the thing that fueled the team, and if he was out, it wore on the team. I think now we got to the point where. The, since Jimmy hurt, Butler's hurt, it's all right because the aura is already there. the The team has an identity, and they know how to stick with it despite missing pieces. Because their two best players are out right now, and they're still sticking around, winning games. So kudos to the Miami Heat, still st- staying on top. Um, Dougie was right saying that Miami was going to be one of the top teams to fear this season. And he's still right about that. So um, give it up for the Heat. Um, they've had some impressive wins since um, lose, losing Jimmy Butler. I mean, they were, they've been 8-2 eight, eight and two in their last 10 games. So even missing certain players, they're still doing their damn thing. I think they got a lot of depth. Um, the depth I'm talking about is um, they not they they might not be familiar names to the masses, but everyone has their role, and I, that's the key to a team nowadays. That everyone needs to step in and do their job. I mean, obviously, Tyler Hero's coming off the bench, but I think as since Jimmy Butler's out, I think he's been um, filling in. Um, Duncan Robinson, um, I mean, during the um, their finals year, he was starting, but his role is definitely a six-man, and that that's the type of player that you definitely need. Uh, on your team is Duncan Robinson, who is the sixth man. Because I think t- it's between Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, who are the main six men in this team. But since Butler's out, you, you kind of just swap. But with that being said, um, they still don't have Victor Oladipo yet. <laughs> like I, I'm just like imagine once they're all healthy. And they're able to do some damage because, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, re- I really think that th- they're going to be a force to be reckoned with once um, 
they're all healthy. So kind of, <laughs> kind of hope that other teams hope that they're like, hey, we don't want to face this team, and that's what the Heat are going to be. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be making the playoffs this year. So I mean, Heat are another team that gotta watch out for. Uh, on to the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, this the story is Kyrie's back, and he is playing as a part timer, basically. Um, he will only be playing away games that um allow him to um you know play in the arena because of covid so we're gonna see how that unfolds because um i mean the last few games he was able to play because they're away but now since they're back on um a few games at home he, he can't play because of covid restrictions in new york uh we'll see how this experiment works obviously um who knows? It might influence his decision to get the vaccine so he plays more. Maybe, maybe he sticks to his guns. I don't know. But um, um, Brooklyn is always going to be hanging around the top um, totem pole of the East because that's the talent that they do bring. It's just I think the question that's going to hinder everyone's mind about the Brooklyn Nets is can they beat teams that are worthy because right now I know they don't have the best record against team top top four teams on either conference. The record's shit, but um, I feel like Brooklyn's a team that you know you measure their skills against these teams. Um, can you beat us in a four game series? And that's how you gotta play it by ear. So even though they really haven't beat a top contender team. The NBA is not built like like that until the postseason. You're, you have to build yourself to the postseason, not the regular season. So can Brooklyn beat the Miami Heat in four games? That's the type of questions you have to ask yourself. Can the Nets beat Bulls in a four-game series? I don't know yet. Uh, I want to say yes, but it... All these games will be close. So now with the Milwaukee Bucks, good transition here. I think the Bucks have the Nets number. And um, going on the Bucks, um, they're still the team to beat. I mean, yeah, they're they're ranked fourth seed, but I I don't I don't see them as a team that you know you don't hinder on the record too much right now. But. Um, also, they're a team that you don't want to play in the playoffs because they're physical and they got Giannis. <laughs> they got Giannis, man. Can't beat Giannis right now. And hopefully all this COVID turnout starts slowing down and um, we don't have to focus on protocol situations where certain guys are out and things like that because right now they still have a nasty um, starting lineup even without certain players um, starting right now because there's no Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday's out, but they have depth to fill in and they 
do do their job. I mean, all you really need is Chris Middleton and Giannis and provide the parts there, and you're going to win some games. Now, in a um, series without these um, players that are, um, that are in, I don't know if they win some games, but if they're healthy, they'll, they'll be in the Eastern Conference, uh, Conference Finals again. No problem. They, they, they're definitely a top two team in the East going down, um, I guess, in May. But um, no problems with the Bucks right now. Um, they actually um, destroyed the the Warriors this tonight. So uh, depending on when you're hearing this, um, it's that game where the Bucks destroyed the Warriors. Okay, on to the next four teams. We got the Sixers sitting at the fifth seed, twenty three and seventeen. We got the Cavaliers, twenty four and eighteen. We got the Charlotte Hornets, twenty three and nineteen, and we got the Toronto Raptors at twenty and eighteen. Um, Sixers, um, kind of at the same spot the last time we talked. Um, um. They're they they need something else on this team. I don't know if it's because the whole Ben Simmons thing trade is happening, but they need another. They need a spark next to Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid is doing a lot of the heavy heavy lifting right now. But there's not an a uh, a uh, a good sidekick for him right now, and um. There's been a lot of talks of Tobias Harris not performing well this season. And it's true. Um, he's not performing very well this season. Um, his shooting has been a, very much down more than ever. And I think it shows because um, he is, I think you kind of assume that he's more of a third third option and he's not really a good second option because defenses defenses obviously are focused on Joel Embiid first, and their next best player that's um, on the starting lineup is Tobias Harris. So when you put that attention on Tobias Harris, um, I think that's what's causing him to have less than stellar um, shooting days compared to how he was in previous seasons. But that that comes with the attention of, Hey, you're the second best player on this team. This is what we got to focus on. And, um, I don't think he takes up that role very well, obviously. So, um, sometimes you, you don't know until you're put into that moment and you got put into the moment now because of the uncircumstances of Ben Simmons, but you kind of know where his value is. Now the question is, we've been hearing talks about it too, is Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris could be packaged together in a trade, or maybe they get split up in a trade. Who knows? But um it's definitely Joel Embiid's team. Um they definitely need um a star player in the backcourt. Seth Curry is good, but not a star. Tyrese Maxey is good. But he's not there yet to be a star. So, someone in the backcourt they need some some star power right there. Whether it's the point position or the shooting guard position, either or. 
But um yeah. Um the Sixers right now, um I don't think I think they only win one round of playoffs. If if this is the team we're seeing right now, they only win one round, they get to the next one and don't make the next. That's kinda how it is right now for the Sixers. As for the Cavs, uh, one of the f- the few um, surprising stories of the NBA, first being the Bulls, next is the Cavs because they came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, they're they're really good, and the fact that they stuck around like this, um, they will continue to be good. They will continue continue to rely on a defensive mindset, but yet they they're still able to get buckets. Ladies and gentlemen, that's 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 one thing. They're still able to get buckets because they got some nice pieces around to get the buckets. It's not so much, you know, just a whole defensive mindset on this team. Yes, their defense is nice, but they got some they got some work. They got some work in the in the in the shooting department. Garland is still available. Um I w- I don't think we're gonna see Saxon though this year. I think he's done. I want to say they did give a little bit of hope, but um, I think he I think he is done. Oh yeah, yeah. I last thing I remember, um, he is done for the remainder of the season, out for a, a tear. So yeah, and also Ricky Rubio. That's just, that's another thing that, that's kind of sad. I we I didn't get to touch on that one. I think the sex thing we knew, but the Ricky Rubio one, we didn't. I we haven't even got to talk about because we haven't talked in there. But um, yeah, that sucks. He's been he was having a nice little um, bounce back year. I would, I want to say I, I want to say they gave him Cavs gave him his fullest potential here to shine, but that got cut short because of an ACL tear. But I mean, they're still able to do do some damage. I mean, they kind of evened out just a little bit, just a little bit. They went five for five in their last ten, but still, still better than what we expected from them. So I'm gonna give them that thumbs up. Um, big turnaround. Um, I know they got hit with COVID hard as well, but it looks like everyone's somewhat back, so that's good on them. Um. Garland is definitely going to have to um, carry a, a bulk load when it comes to the scoring, but um, maybe uh, Laurie Mark Markin can uh, step up and get out of his little slump that he's been kind of having lately. But um, they got a lot of young depth when it comes to the Cavaliers. Um, also, they traded for Rondo. That's some veteran presence they probably need along with Kevin Love. So, um, we'll see by the all-star break how they um, unfold. Also, next, we got the Charlotte Hornets. I want to say um, they've been cooling off just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, still high hopes for them. They're 7-3 and three in the last 10 games, but I feel like they cooled off a, a, a little, which is not so much a bad thing, though. Because um, these long seasons definitely have their streaks, so it's good that they're they've kind of had a few losses under their belts, and now they're able to put together you know things towards the future. 
I still think they have one of the nastiest uh, starting lineups with Ball, Rozier, Hayward, Bridges, Plumlee. Um, I like Mason Plumlee. He used to be a Piston. Um, um, he he could definitely score. He's not the best defensive um, threat. Every now and then he might do some defensive plays, but he's more of an offensive center. And I think this is what fits the the Hornets' um, identity, I guess what I'm trying to say. So um, I like their starting lineup. I like the depth that they do have in the second unit. They are without Kelly Oubre at the moment, so that's kind of stings. But it's all right because they got P.J. Washington. He's nice. Ish Smith, nice um, compliment to LaMelo Ball. So, I mean... Towards the end of it, I think they'll 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 be a six seed at the end of the the year to me. Um, as for the Cavs, I think they might slip down to seven, but that's all right because the expectation of the Cavs are so low. Just making the playoffs is a great thing. So yeah, now next um, Toronto Raptors um, really stepping up and digging deep to get back into playoff contention because I mean. At the beginning of the year, I wasn't thinking too much of the Toronto Raptors. I felt like they were in full-on rebuild mode. But um, with the powers to be, they are still sticking around, sticking around the hunt. Van Vliet is probably their main guy right now compared to everyone thought Siakam was going to be that guy. I think he still needs a few mirrors. few more years to go before we go before he gets the mantle of who takes control of the team but as of right now the transitional leader of the the raptors is van bleet um they got some nice um lengthy presence i feel um toronto's are definitely a very lengthy team that can uh both play offense and defense it's really more of the consistency in the offense i'm worried about in this team compared to their defense and the lengthiness they are. Because Gary Trent Jr., lengthy guy for uh, for a shooting guard. OG Anobli, very lengthy guy for a small forward, I feel. Um, their rookie, Scotty Barnes, supposed to replace that quiet presence that they've kind of been missing. Um, very, very lanky, lanky guys. And... Um, Pascal Siakam is playing the five. I see him more as a power forward, but um, with the lineup they got, they could get away with it. So, um, yeah, um, they're a little bit more healthier than the last time um, we talked about them. And um, to me, I wasn't so psyched about them, but they did have a long win streak. Um Dating back for uh, I want to say what is it? I'm like I'm gonna read the date uh, in the last game was of the win streak. Can I read the date? Please give me the date of this game. Um, this is actually New Year's. Yeah, New Year's they had a um a lengthy streak and um, they just um lost I think tonight or yesterday. Actually, two nights ago, they lost. But, I mean, they have a lengthy streak. They have the potential to be a playoff team, but they don't have the potential to knock someone out of the first round, I feel. So, 
good on the Toronto Raptors um, turning around and getting this long streak for them. We'll see how they do by All-Star break. Now, we're going to go down to the play-in, guys. So, um, the potential of the play-in would be uh, Wizards and Boston Celtics. They're the next two to be in. Wizards at 22 wins and 20 losses. Boston Celtics are 21 and 21, even. I'm going to throw in the Knicks in there, too, because they are even with 21-21. And... I'll even go Atlanta Hawks because they're 17 and 23. But damn, they got hit with a losing streak. Last time they were in it, now they are out. Um, but starting off the Wizards, um, no surprise, I felt, because um, they started off super hot in the beginning of the season. But me, Doug, and Deontay all assumed they would slowly start falling. And they have, and yeah, it's. I think they continue to fall. They won't even be in the playing tournaments, to be honest. I feel, but um, yeah. I think there's a lot of. I think the thing that I said about the Wizards' beginning is they have a lot of good players. They just don't have the right tools put together. Meaning. I don't think the, the players really mesh too well together. Me, um, like they're good if they go to different teams, they will excel. But at the same time, with with them all on the same team, they don't work well together. I mean, just the other day, I heard that KCP and Mon- Montrez Harold got in a fight with each other. They used to be teammates on the Lakers, and they get traded to the Wizards and they get in a fight together. I don't know. That's not good. Bradley Bill's out at the moment as well, but um, Kuzma, I don't think he's a starter. Obviously, they're going to put him in because he has a shooter's chance. Some games, he's actually hot. A lot of games, he's not. Um, he has confidence. You can't, can't doubt him for that, but other than that, um, their center, Daniel Golford, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He plays physical. He He's a dominating presence when it comes to um, defending the rim. Good on him. But um, it's really coming down to the Wizards is how they build. And I kind of don't think they have a good idea what they're doing right now. And and that's saying that with their record. I mean, they don't know what they're doing, but at the same time, the players are playing to, you know, stick around. There's other teams that, you know, don't know what they're doing and they're the worst team in the conference. But um, on the other hand, um, they're they're one of the fortunate teams that feel like you don't know what they're what they're gonna do or what their identity is but they're they actually won some games and scrapped out some um victories compared to their losses and that's what the wizards are as for the celtics one of the more disappointing teams of the year um yeah they are um at a 500 um win percentage but with the talent that they do have, you expect more from them. 
Um, I still think a trade is going to be coming with the Celtics. I don't know when, where, and why. We know the why. Um, Smart, Brown, Tatum, I don't think they're all meant to be together. One of them is going to be leaving soon. Don't know who, don't know when, but I feel like that will happen. I'll be surprised if they get to the deadline and nothing happens, but don't get me wrong. If they manage to stick it, stick together for the rest of the season, they won't be together by the end of the season. So that's just my take on things. Um, Robert Williams has a nice rim protecting um, ability, but I think, I don't know if he's just way too inconsistent or I don't know. You know, he plays he plays a good amount of minutes, but uh, sometimes I'm more of the guy where it's like, sometimes you got to feed your big man. And eh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, is, he, is he not doing his job? I don't know. I don't know. Robert Williams, he, he's a young talent. I think he has a lot of potential, but... Um, Give him the ball more. Give him more opportunities. Why not? Why not? Slow down the game just a little bit, I feel. Give it to your big man. Let him try to dunk it in. You know? There's nothing there's nothing wrong with playing in the post every now and then. You got some shooters, but at the same time, cut down some of that volume. Get some for sure points. Why not? Use your big man's. They got some talent. Al Horford. I know he can shoot the three every now and then, but give him some more opportunities. I think too much of the the load is uh, on Brown and Tatum. They need to become a little bit more efficient. Be consistently efficient is with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're not consistently efficient because sometimes they go off in games. Sometimes they're cold, cold, cold. And that same goes for Marcus Smart, too, is, you know, y'all got to be consistent. And that, that's what we're not getting. And that's why they're 21 and 21 right now. Um, that being said, we got the another disappointing team, the Knicks. But as of lately, um, I want to say they've been turning around a little bit more. Um, they've been playing better the last few games since we talked. Um, still not in the play-in tournament, but um, I think they're playing a lot better. Um, I want to say they're a little bit more streaky. They're definitely more streakier than the um, Boston Celtics when it comes to just playing in general, but... Um, good news. I think this is actually a great trade for the Knicks, though, um, which is crazy, though, because they're trading with their rivals, um, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they traded uh, Cam Reddish for Kevin Knox. Now, I don't I know those are the two bigger names of the trade, but um, I don't know if anyone else else was involved but the thing about the thing about the whole cam reddish trade is um it brings duke players together so aj um barrett 
is going to be playing with Cam Reddish again. So that could be some positivity right there. Oh, also Knicks also get Solomon Hill, which could be a good big man addition. Good um, four to five um, big man. So, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I think it will. It should bring some an uptick. I think for the um, for the Knicks, we will have to see though in the future. Give it about a month, and we'll 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 see what happens there. But um, I don't know if we're getting um, rid of the first um, quarter jitters when it comes to the Knicks right now. Maybe we see an increase in play from here on out from the Knicks. Who knows? But um Knicks they're they're really interesting right now because um they're just not consistent to um the standards we would like to see from last season. So um yeah. As for the line of Hawks though, they are seventeen and twenty-three. Kinda shocker, but um I don't know. I I I'm felt like they weren't going to make the playoffs this year, and um, so far they um, they aren't right now. But last time we talked, they were in the mix. This time, not so much. But um, obviously, Trey Young's that boy over there. But I. I I don't like his supporting cast so much. I, I it's kind of all over the place to me. And I think that's why it's not working out. I know John Collins can play, but for some reason I f- I see him somewhere else. I see John Collins somewhere else. Um as for the rest of the squad, Clint Capella's out at the moment. <laughs> but um I really thought um, Bogdan is was going to do more for the team, but I don't know. It's, I don't know if the fit is right for him. I guess I don't know. And um, as for DeAndre Hunter, um, I don't. I, it seems like he's they're not getting the right opportunities in this team. Um. Not saying blow up certain players and try to get them somewhere else. They just don't have the right pieces right now to contend. I mean, last year that they they were a gritty team that duked it out with um, the best, knocked out the Knicks. But um, it seems like I'm not saying they're getting exposed this year, but it's the magic's not working for them this year, and I think that's why they are what they are. Um, last three teams. We got the Pacers at fifteen twenty-seven, uh, Detroit nine and thirty-one, and Orlando Magic seven and thirty-five. Um, I think the Pacers are kind of realizing they need to go into rebuild mode, um, because the team that they thought they had is basically no more. They're kind of just um. Doggy, pad- doggy paddling in the middle of the ocean right now. So, um, expect some trades to be happening soon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, we've heard in, earlier in the season that they're thinking about trading Lavert, um, trading 
Sabanis. So, yeah. I mean, the most entertaining thing for the Pacers right now is Lance Stevenson going back to the squad. So, he's been showing out, but the team as a whole has been really showing out. So, disappointment there. They're 2-8 and eight in the last few games, last 10 games. So, yeah, say what you want there. As for my Detroit Pistons, um, we've actually been winning a good chunk the last 10 games. We're 4 for 6 the last 10 games, which is a very surprising thing. I mean, for a while we were losing a lot, but it, Cade's ability to affect the game is what's really showing, and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Guys everywhere on the floor. He's a difference maker. Kudos to him. I'm kind of sad, though. I was expecting Bobo to get traded to the Pistons, but he failed his physical. So the deal is off. You're not game, Bobo. And I'm sad. I'm really, really sad. But anywho, um, yeah, um, Keep an eye out for Jeremy Grant possibly getting traded very, very soon. Um, possibility that, you know, he's going to be traded soon. Um, he's out right now, though, because he tore his um, UCL in his left thumb. So that might be a reason why no one's wanting to trade because he's out for a few weeks. But there's that. But, um I think in the off season, we actually got to get a consistent center unless we're going to actually put a lot of faith in Luca Garza. Cause I like Luca Garza. Uh, he showed out in college and, um, I feel like with the right opportunities, he can be either a power forward or the main center. Cause I don't think Isaiah Stewart is really cutting it. Um, I don't think he's, consistent as i would want him to be um i thought he had a he's been he had a better year last year compared to this year i think the expectations we we had some big expectations on him and he just hasn't been panning out he's still he's still a, a decent player it's just um being that guy um maybe it's too early for me to even be judging right now but um for being starter right now, I'm uh, I'm not seeing it, but I like Sadiq Bay a lot. Um, when he gets heat heat up, heated up. When he's heating up, sorry, he can really shoot, and I and that's what the Pistons need. We're one of the lowest ranking offensive teams. For we've been like this for years though now, so. Um, just seeing that someone light up the scoreboard is a good thing. Cade is a little bit inconsistent when it comes to scoring, but him um, facilitating the ball around or just moving off ball is great for the offense. And if Sadiq Bay can continue to get a hot streak, you know, we might pull out some more wins for this Detroit team. So a lot of positives I like. Um, We'll see what happens in the future with Detroit. Um, just a young team building. 
And that's that same goes to the Magic because they are also in rebuild mode with a lot of young talent as well. Um, I like I like Franz Wagner, who basically you know got put in because of injuries, but that's all right. Jalen Suggs is uh, is nice as well. I like it. Um, the Twin Towers of uh, Weldon Carter and Mobamba, they've been iffy because of injuries. They haven't consistently been on the floor together so much. But I like I like the tandem of Mobamba and Weldon Carter together. Um, give them a, give them another season or two. And I th- I think they'll be a lot more competitive than the, what they are right now. Um, they got some good backups right now. Um, Gary Harris I, I is a great backup. Um, Robin Lopez, good backup. Now, what are they what are they going to do with Terrence Ross though? Because he's been with the team for a long time, and I think they're ready to move on from him because they are in rebuilding mode. So, um, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross to the Lakers? Hmm. Lakers are really struggling with the shooting, so it's a good possibility for them. I like it. But who would the traders, Lakers trade? Don't know. Really don't know. But that wraps up the East. We're going West now. Um, Suns, Golden State, Memphis Grizzlies, Utah Jazz. Those are your top four seeds. Suns thirty one and nine, Golden State Warriors thirty and eleven, Memphis Grizzlies thirty and fourteen, Utah Jazz twenty eight and fourteen. Let's talk about these Suns though. Um, was I expecting Suns to be the top seed this year when it comes to the West? No and yes. Yes, because. Yeah, they they did play in the finals. No, because that's always how the Western is. The Western's just always competitive. You never know what's going to happen every year. So that's why I'm like knowing yes. But at the same time, despite the Suns really not upgrading in the offseason, I feel like sometimes that's the advantage you have. And I really feel like the Suns have that advantage. They're starting, they're starting five is the same. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Malik Bridges, Crowder, Aiton. Another season of just building together. Because remember, Chris Paul only came for a year. And that was last year, and they made it to the finals. Now this is the second year under his belt with Chris Paul. Who knows what what they could do? And they're showing it right now. They're thirty-one and nine. I'll be surprised if they don't make it to the Western Conference Final again. I really would. What? Cameron Payne. I, I he's really showing that he's a really great backup point guard. Cam Cameron Johnson. He's to me. He's the sixth man of this team. He's a, he has a day-to-day injury, but um. Crucial component to to this team, you need you need depth in the NBA nowadays because of the talent. There's so much talent coming into the NBA nowadays that you have to start knowing who the second 
um, units are. They're just as important as the starters because the NBA is very much of a flow-based um, um, game, basically. That's that's basically how you play the game of basketball. It's all flow-based of keeping the flow the same despite changing out certain players. And that's what's happened. That's what's happening in this game, especially with so much talent out. Is also picking the right players to be on that team, and the, the Suns pretty much have the right personnel and the right players to um, complement this team. So good on the Suns. That's why you're number one. As for the Golden State Warriors, guess who's back? Guess who's freaking back? Clay fucking Thompson. Good on them. Good on them. Um finally he's he's back. Um I'm not gonna be judging Clay so much because he's missed so much time. So give him about a whole month to really get back going again and get his shot again because it's gonna be a while. After not playing for two years. Not playing that type of level of basketball for two years after two devastating injuries. Don't expect him to be Superman right away. You know? Don't expect that. And I feel like within those two years, the game has changed so much for Clay. So it's really just an adjustment um, period for him right now. So, you know, just ease the boy back in and good things should happen. But. I mean, the Warriors got a lot of depth as well. They got Curry. Clay's back in the mix. Got Andrew Wiggins, who's, I think, probably one of the top candidates for comeback players of the year. I mean, he had a good, he, he had a good season last year, but he, from last year's season to this year, he's really showing out. He's really showing, you know, what he could do. Now, it might be because of the team that he's on, the Warriors, but I'm going to give him a little bit more credit than that. Um, Wiggins really been balling out. Um, Warriors are saying, hey, we don't have to rely on Curry so much every game. Let's give it to certain other certain players. We've said this many times before, but they actually got the depth to do that now. So good on the Warriors. I know they lost pretty bad tonight against the Bucks, but it's okay. You guys are getting Draymond Green back soon, so um, expect the Warriors to stay on top. Um, personally, I think the West is going to come down to Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. Who knows if I'll be right, but that's what the Western Conference feels like to me. But Someone that can, so a team that can ruin that party is the Memphis Grizzlies, indeed, indeed. Um, give it up to the Grizzlies. They're on eleven game win streak right now. Um, I think this is this is the team Doug really want ha, has been really hyping up since he's always been um the favorite for the Grizzlies right now. I mean, I like the Grizzlies, but I always felt like they were missing one piece, and their grittiness is what kept them in in games, but not consistently. But I think they have the mojo going for them right now. 
They are a dominant team. They have a lot of young cats, but the thing about them, they all, I think a, a good majority of them are, they have size on them. Um, Jared Jackson, I know he missed last season, but now he has a, a, now he's started the season. He's getting back to the flow of things again. So, um, he does some damage. Um, Steven Adams is out at the moment, but honestly, as of lately, Steven Adams has been just like a, a one half, um, player because, um, they start mixing in other players with him. So yeah, he starts, but he's not like, he's like a transitional starter. Um, kind of play the first quarter, see, kind of feel out the other team. And then you start doing some plug and plays from there out from your bench. And that's kind of how it goes for Steven Adams. Now it's kind of been like that since, um, even his days in the thunders, it's kind of been like that, but it's more so now ever since he's got traded out of the thunder that he's more of a transitional starter where he, he's like a placement holder. And then once that first timeout happens, then the sub, the, the real t- substitutions really start happening but it works really well with the grizzlies john morant is that boy the guy's everywhere he plays a lot of intensity he makes his baskets he blocks he does what he needs to do to win games and i'm a big i'm a i'm a big supporter of player aura and John Morant's player aura um, affects this whole team. It's the reason why they're 30 and 14 right now. And potentially um, here to make some upsets happen. I think that's what the Grizzlies are here doing, and they're already doing it. Good on them, mate. On to the number four seed in the Utah Jazz. Now, for the Utah Jazz... We're not so gung ho on the Utah Jazz because we've seen, like we said before, we see the script. Do good in the regular season, fall flat in the post, and um, yeah, it's pretty much that. Um, they do have some depth though, so things could be different. But um, right now. They have, um, I think they got hit with some COVID lately. Some players got off it, but some players went back on. I know Gorbert, um, recently tested positive, so he's been out. Um, I want to say Whiteside as well. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, I think Utah's depth this season, though, has been their best since in a while because they still have Jordan Clarkson. Um, Ingles has always been around to be a, um, three point threat. Um, Rudy Gay is, is, is a nice, um, addition to this, um, second unit. And Eric Pascal is another one. That's a nice, you know, he showed his chops two seasons ago in, um, the Warriors, when um, Curry was out, and even Draymond was out a few a lot of games too, so he showed his um, stuff there. And now that he's um, on on the Jazz, he providing a much needed um, second unit. 
first when it comes to, you know, adapting to the Utah team because I I want to say with Utah their depth has been more the uh, the problem because um I mean majority of the playoff games it's mostly been Donovan Mitchell carrying and like who's showing up after that every now and then Gobert does defensive plays but other than that where um Mike Conley has been playing a lot better since he uh, probably this is going to be his best season as a Utah Jazz he's only had two but last season he really he was injured and didn't show up too much this season he's actually showing up he's I think getting used to the system right now so good on them I still don't see much from the Utah Jazz though they might get bounced out after the first round sadly um I want to expect more but that's all I expect from the Utah Jazz um the next four we got Dallas Mavericks at sitting at five, twenty-two and nineteen. Denver Nuggets twenty and nineteen at six. L.A. Lakers twenty-one twenty-one, and L.A. Clippers twenty-one twenty-two. Um, starting with the Mavericks, um, yeah, um, I want to say it's much of the same with the Mavericks as well. I mean, they're definitely more of the dark horse team, I want to say, still. But at the same time, I don't want to even say they're a dark horse team because we've been saying that for years. But, um, yeah, Luka really needs some uh, another presence on this team. I, I, I don't know what they need, but they need a different type of star power on this team because... The lineup they they got is not working. And um they shouldn't believe that they're gonna they're gonna make it with this lineup from year in and year out. So um hopefully at the trade trade deadline a trade happens. So we'll see. We'll see with the with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Nuggets, pretty much the same story, though, with the Nuggets. They miss Jamal Murray. They miss Jamal Murray. Um, Michael Porter Jr., um, who knows when he's going to come back with his back situation. So, you know, the Joker's doing most of the load right now and um, surviving. I mean, definitely going to get a playoff berth, but um, overall... I'm not expecting much damage for them in the playoffs. Um, as for the Lakers, um, for the team that they have, they need some type of different help if they want to be relevant in the postseason. Because um, shooting, it's not consistent. Not consistent effort. Um, you got LeBron James playing the five. This is how bad things are right now. I know Anthony Davis has been out, but he's injury prone. So this is much to be expected. But I'm just kind of like, you know, wondering why they don't want to lean towards um, Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan. I mean, obviously they're going to get played playing time, but, you know, why put LeBron James at the five? 
I, I, I don't think you're utilizing LeBron James the right way, I feel. Now, yeah, they did win some games with LeBron James at the five, but at the same time, you're going to win games with LeBron James playing any position on the court. But I'm just one of those people utilize the guy at their position. And personally, LeBron James is a small forward or a power forward. Those two positions. But, yeah, every now and then he can play point guard. And he has been in the past and shown that he could excel. But what I'm talking about now is he's playing the five. It's just like, really? Like, you're going to put this stress on him right now? I don't know. I don't know what the Lakers are doing. Um, Russell Westbrook... The only positive you could give Russell Westbrook is his energy and his continuance to play the game at a high um, energy level. But when it comes to his shooting and sometimes his decision-making, it's all over the place. It's not consistent. And it should be no surprise to no one about it. Even to him, he shouldn't be not surprised of some of the shit he does. Like, I know he gets pissed off at reporters, but at the same time, they're like, bro, like, you know, you can't be copping yourself out saying, you know, I just play hard. There's got to be more than that, you know, sometimes to your explanations. Like, come on, bro. Like, some of the shots you be taking is god awful. Like, if you know you're that bad at shooting, just... Dish the ball out a little bit more, please. You know, you could drive the ball cool or whatever, but at the same time, you know, it's weird. It's like the, he's the reverse Ben Simmons because he's taking so many shots, but he just can't fucking make them. People are just saying, just take less shots. Please do it for us. But, um, I do like that they're working Malik Monk into the starting lineup a little bit more. I feel like um, the more you work in Monk, the more he's going to, I feel like, develop a shot a little bit easier now that he's in the starting lineup and he's getting more of that responsibility. I like Monk. He never really got a true chance when he was in... um, um charlotte but um i think this is a good opportunity for him now that um he's in the starting lineup for the lakers right now so i expect some good things from them um every bradley he's a more defensive guy so i don't know i i i i feel like bradley should be in the second unit more than the starting unit that's just me personally um I'd rather see Taylor Horton Tucker or um, even Austin Reed's in when it comes to um, Bradley's spot, to be honest. That's just me, though. Um, they're playing a really small lineup, I feel, because Westbrook, Monk, and Bradley, they're three. They're essentially three point guards. I mean, Monk is more of a shooting guard, but they all play point, basically. So I don't know. And Trevor Ariza being the starting lineup, I don't see him in, like, I know they're hyping Trevor Ariza being on the team, but I don't see him as a starter no more. I see him as, you know, second unit guy. Um, 
I feel like shit. I honestly feel like Kamara Anthony over Trevor Reese at the moment. That's just me. That's just me, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of it had to do with the injuries, but come on, man. This Lakers team is very interesting. Um, I think they'll win a round, but get bounced the next round. That's how I feel about them. Um, as for the Clippers, um, they got a lot of work still. They get hit with some injuries. Then they get hit with some COVID. It don't stop. But, um, you know, they're still missing Paul George. But he should be um, coming back probably in the next few weeks for the Clippers. But that being said, they're still hanging around despite not having Paul George and Kawhi. So that's good on them. Reggie Jackson's... um, Really stepping up to the challenge. He's not great every game, but a lot of games he is. And he's able to um, manage this, um, I guess you could say this funky team right now because of all the injuries that they got and some of COVID. But um, they got they got some role players that are definitely um, holding their own. Marcus Morris is still um, providing enough for this team. Um, same thing with Nicholas Bottom. Um, definitely a Swiss army knife he is. He can do it all. Put some stats and everything like that. So, um, yeah. As for the center, um, Zubak. Um, I think he's a nice one-two punch with, um, with, um, Hartenstein. So, yeah. Um, Lakers have a nice role players. It's just their stars are out right now. So it's, we can only leave so much to the imaginations with the uh, the Clippers right now. As for the ninth and 10th seed, um, Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they are ready for a push from here on out. Something's telling me they're going to get really streaky from here on out, and they're going to win a lot of games. They might be pushing some some teams out of their positioning so they could fit their, themselves into this seeding. Um, I think when healthy, Minnesota has a very um, dangerous lineup, I feel. That's just me. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. They're 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 nice. I like them. I like this set of players. Even Jan, Jared Vanderblit. He he has a role on this team. The only position that I have questions is Patrick Beverly in the starting lineup. Um, I don't know. Um, I think Beverly should be more of a reserve type of player from here on out. Um, he has games, and that's the most you can say about Patrick Beverly. He's not a consistent starter, though, because um, I think there's just players that are just way better than him. And I feel like 
Now the question is, does Minnesota have the players to do that? Probably not right at the moment, but I feel like they could utilize that starter, starting position for someone younger. And that could definitely benefit from a starting position than Patrick Beverly. Because I, I feel like Patrick Beverly is definitely a tone starter, but you want that tone starter for the second unit, I feel. The type of role that Beverly plays, though, I think it's perfect for the second unit. Um, but they want to start him, so that's their own prerogative. But, um, yeah, to me, I think Timberwolves are going to start trending up. So, yeah. As for the Blazers, I mean, this 10 spot is very, very weird because I'll just name you the rest of the teams because they all kind of are similar. So the Portland Trailblazers, 16-24. Sacramento Kings, 17-27. Pelicans, 16-26. 15 and 26 are the Spurs. 14-27 are the Thunder. And 12 and 31 is the Houston Rockets. They all can somewhat fit in the tw- the 10th seed right now but to sum it all up these are teams that aren't really good right now for their own various reasons um portland um more setbacks when it comes to the trailblazers um because i think they're actually going to fall from that 10th spot um they have a lot of people out right now they got McCollum out. They got Lillard out. They got Nance out. They got Powell out. They got Simmons out. <sighs> um, it's it's not looking good for the Blazers. Now, with Lillard and both McCollum out, um, does a trade still happen is the question. I don't know. Because I know with the injuries, it's a little bit different. But um, do do will, will some type of trade happen with all these injuries happening for the Port, Portland Trailblazers? So I don't know, but it's not really good first season for Chauncey Billups being the head coach for the Blazers. Not a lot of good results. Injuries are happening, rumors of trades happening, and they're just not a good team anymore. Um, the experiment needs to get blown up for Chauncey to really try to build something. So, um, next coming weeks, we'll see what happens. Um, they were able to beat the Nets, but I mean, I feel like I said, that's a one-off teams could do that every one-off situations, but it's all about the consistency, the flow of a team and trailblazers ain't that this season. As for the Sacramento Kings, um, yeah, um, they need to do something because they're still not using Bagley like that. As of lately, I feel. Um, Buddy Hill needs to get traded. Harrison Barnes. Um, if he gets traded, cool. Maybe you could bring in some young players, but... Um, Barnes is going to be like a a veteran presence now if they want to do like a rebuild or something like that. I don't know. But I think as of lately, I think they're starting to use Bagley again. Ever since um, Luke Walton got out. But um, 
They have a lot of talent, different talents in the team, but there's no direction going for the Sacramento Kings. So if you want to start with directions, you blow the team up, then you build piece by piece and go in that direction. And it's very much the same with the Pelicans. Um, no direction. None. They got talent on their team. It's just they're going nowhere. Brandon Ingram is kind of like wasting his talents over there. And it's not it's not really doing anything. He's going to get his points, yada, 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 but it's just, um, you know, empty stats at this point. A lot of players doing empty stats on the on these teams. Devontae Graham, great player. Brandon Ingram, great player. Josh Hart, good. Jonas Valkyries. He's an aging good player. So, but it's just really the direction, and you don't see the direction. It might be a coach thing, but it might be just talent on different levels right now. So, that's that's the thing about the Pelicans. As for the Spurs, um, I think I said this last episode, but I think after the season pop needs to move on and let someone have a chuck at this um team because um i just don't know where what what to do with all this different types of talent i feel on this team i feel like um all the way up to the second unit everyone has um a chance to contribute to a different team. All these guys have really good trade value, I feel. Jonte Murray, Derek White, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, Jacoby Paulette, Lonnie Walker, Dovin Vassell, even Kieta, Kieta Bates, Dupe, Duop. I think those those they're all young players, and I just don't think Pops is doing the justice anymore uh, as a coach anymore. So I think it's if this is farewell tour, let it be because a lot of these players aren't producing anymore. Like I, I guess what I'm saying, they're not they're not uh, reaching their potential. Yeah. They're not reaching their potential, and I feel like they can. They just need a different situation, and Pop's not giving it to them. So that's all I can really say about Spurs. Um, as for the Thunder, their developing team, young, not much to say about that. Um, Gidley uh, has the young. He's the youngest with the triple double. Um, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, cause he's, he's not traditional small forward, but I think he, I, I always thought he was more of a point guard and with his triple double, he shows that he could do that. Um, I would like to see what type of player he ends up being cause, um, he might be like a Swiss army knife in the future. So I would like to see that happen. SGA. He's. 
He's a slept on talent, I feel, from from majority of the people. I mean, a lot of people know about him, but the fact that he's on the Thunder, I think people forget about him. But he's, he, he, has, he has a credible um, potential. And um, I would like to see what happens next year. Because this year, I'm not thinking too much of the Thunder, but um, next year, um, what development they have from this season... I would I would like to see what strides um SGA um takes. Um Dort is um he lately he hasn't been as consistent but he's had some consi- some really good games lately and I'd like to see um how he fares in the ne- uh, till the end of the year, basically up to the All-Star break. Um see if he can really improve. Like I said, there's a lot of different names that a lot of the masses don't know about. Shit, I don't even know about. But um, they all have the potential of being being really good players. I feel um, Dort, Gidley, SGA, Darius Bazel, some potential. I feel like that could definitely affect the future, whether it's with the Thunder or somewhere else. Um, as for the Houston Rockets, they still have John Wall on the roster. Um, who knows when they're going to be using them or not? Don't know. But some interesting, uh, things developed when it came to, um, I think it was Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. Um, there's some hostility when it comes to the coaching. Um, I wonder if that's going to play a role towards the, the middle and the end of the season. Who knows, but they're not a good team. They show some some flashes of fighting, but um, overall still very young. Um, oldest guy on the starting lineup right now is Eric Gordon. So still a very fairly young team, I feel. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what each player can develop because Jalen Green... You know, young guy has lots of potential. It's only his first season. We'll see what happens. Um, as for the John Wall, they they could trade John Wall and get some more pieces, maybe some veteran presence on this team. You know, that's gonna be playing with them because um, at the moment, it's just a bunch of young guys. Not much veteran presence here either, so. <sighs> but yeah, as for the Rockets development team. Well, that does it for this wrap-up. This might be one of the more boring <laughs> wrap-up um, recaps of the NBA episodes. Just because things got kind of hectic when it came to um, our scheduling, but. I really wanted to put out an episode so um, there wasn't too much of a break. So, yeah, uh, I promise you guys, definitely going to have Doug back for the next episode, whether we might do next week or we might go back to the traditional two-week schedule. Who knows? We're going to discuss that, but I want to make sure we dropped an episode so we didn't try to miss a beat. But other than that, I'm Spuddy McGee. Thank you for listening. Go ahead, subscribe, like, favorite, all the social media shit.
tune into your streaming pods for Buds and Sports because we're still going to be dropping content during the NBA season and during the NFL playoffs. So stay tuned, please. Other than that, this is Buds and Sports, and I'm out.